set free is free indeed. Amen. There's no like, no freedom like that kind of freedom. Amen. The presence of Almighty God. Let's just go to Him in prayer. Father, we once again submit ourselves to You, Lord, and our hearts to You, needs in our bodies, situations, Lord, that maybe we don't know what to do with or how to, how to turn, but God, You have the answer for every situation. We just ask, Lord, that you would come tonight and you would just move among us and touch hearts. May the word, Lord, just touch just the deepest parts of our lives, we pray. We love you, Lord, with all of our hearts. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Says the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. We let you be seated. Amen. Um, I'd like to speak to you tonight on the light. The power, the power. Looking at this word powerful, it describes a word that is describing the word of God. It means, of course, a source of power or a source of energy. And we know that the word of God is a very powerful force, amen, and especially in the life of a believer, amen, who believes it to be the word of God. And, you know, the Word of God can be used in many different ways of power. There's different instances of how God's Word is used throughout the Bible. But we know His Word will get us through anything and everything that the world throws at us. Amen. No matter what we're going through or what's happening, there is a Word that we can draw comfort or draw strength from in our time of need. Amen. And so many different, um, uh, different uh, descriptions of the Word of God. It says God's Word, as we read, is like a sword. It cuts through lies. It cuts through confusion. It cuts through deceit to help us see the reality of His truth. His Word is like a fire. It refines. It purifies. It's also his word is like a hammer, is described as a hammer in Jeremiah 23 and verse 29. Therefore, it is capable of breaking hard hearts. It is capable of shaping our character. His word is also described as a lamp or a light. It illuminates, it enlightens, and it guides our path no matter how dark the darkness is. Amen. Is also the word of God is described as a food. For example, the scripture likens the word of God to bread or milk or honey or meat. Therefore, we can say that God's word feeds and it nourishes our souls. God's word is like a seed. It's, uh, it's capable of multiplying and, and growing and developing in the soil of our hearts. 
God's word is also like a mirror. It allows us to see ourselves as we really are, as God himself sees us. God's word is also likened to gold. Indeed, it's more precious than gold and how it enriches our life. God's word is like rain. It's like snow. It's like likened to water. Amen. Therefore, it cleans and it refreshes our soul. God's word is also like an anchor, as it would say in Hebrews 6 and 18. It gives us security during turbulent times. Amen. It's a source of strength that will never run out. The power and energy that, you know, can be built by man it has limitations in the amount of and the strength that it can give. And it can only sustain so long. It can only give so much strength. It can only give so much light. But the truth is there is nothing more powerful than the word of God. It has the answer to every question you would ever ask. It contains the power to meet every enemy in your life. The word promises it will produce health for our bodies. It promises that it can break the curse of sin off of our life. Therefore, it is the answer to every human need. Amen. And it will defeat the devil anytime, anywhere, and any place. Amen. This power in this word is unlimited. It'll pull you through on your hardest days. It'll sustain you when you feel all your strength is gone. It's the Holy Ghost that's now in the church, the word of God, the sustainer, the energizer, the energizing force. Amen. And I believe it's a great energy that we have in our lives. Amen. Times that we don't feel like going on. Amen. Something on the inside of us is still churning, still moving. Amen. Still pulling us along life's journey. Amen. I know there's many of us many times in our lives that felt like giving up, that felt like surrendering to just giving it all, to, you know, putting it all, all our life aside. But something on the inside, amen, a word that has been spoke about us would kick us in the seat of the pants, so to speak, and get us up and make us go another day. Amen. To go, another, to go through another battle and through another trial. And that's why we got to have the Holy Ghost, the word of God in our midst and moving among us because it is a word of power. It's not just a word of intellectual understanding. It's not just a word of intellectual abilities, but this word has power in it. There's actually creative power in this word when it is spoken. Amen. You know, that's why, you know, when, when we get behind a desk and we begin to minister, amen, we want something that has an energy in it. Amen, I'm not just talking about it from a human standpoint. Amen, but I'm talking about a supernatural energy. Amen, a supernatural anointing. Amen, Brother Brandon would talk about it. He said, many of you ministers here, you wouldn't want to say that you just spit out a sermon and, and just popped it off, so to speak. You want to say it come from inspiration. He said, I believe it certainly. It comes from inspiration. It has to come from the Holy Spirit that energizes you to speak that word. Amen. Or if it isn't, it'll never be successful. Charles Finney and so forth, a man who copied their sermons out and went and got up there and preached with inspiration. The Holy Ghost, the same sermon. He preached the next night before, next night afterwards and hundreds would come to the altar. There was a difference. It's got to be inspired. The Holy Holy Spirit has got to unctionize or give unction to that word. 
So when it does, it brings forth healing. It brings forth deliverance. Amen. It breaks chains on people's lives. Amen. It sets captives free. That's what happens when the Spirit of God begins to unctionize or to bring unction to the Word of God and begins to inspire thoughts and things. Amen. I hope you understand. It's not that we just want to get up and say something. That's not what's on our heart. Amen. But we want to say something with power, something with, amen, with a deliverance forth, that a go forth and deliver God's people. I don't think it does any good for us to come in here and just to hear a few words from man and go out the same sinner or go out the same person or go out the same bound, go out the same. But I believe we want to come in here and hear a word that'll come down in the channels of our heart and begin to break bands off of our lives and sinners can be set free and those that are depressed can be lifted up and those that are sick can be healed. That is when the spirit begins to unctionize or begins to bring unction or power to the word of God. Therefore, we don't want just some intellectual understanding. We want a word with power in it. And when this word has power, it has power to deliver. It has power to set free. Amen. It has power to lift you up. Amen. He says this. He says, God is the same. Amen. Jesus is the same. His works are the same. He is li- he, li- he lives the same. He acts the same. Amen. He acts in you as if he, as if he would be here on earth today. What did he say? Ye are the vines. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Now the vine doesn't bear forth fruit does it so what who is he talking to the church i am the vine ye are the branch the branch is energized by the life of the vine Amen. It brings power to the vine to bring forth fruit. Therefore, Jesus has no lips tonight on earth, but mine are yours. He has no eyes on earth, but mine are yours. He has no hands on earth, but mine are yours. He energizes us and brings us forth his life as he brings it through us, whether it's by preaching the gospel by lip or seeing visions by eye, whether whatever it is, laying hands on the sick, whatever it is, it's Christ working through the branches of his church every office literally electrified by his presence. Hallelujah. Listen, it ain't just enough for the preacher to be electrified by his presence or the song leader or the musician, but every person to come under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And be literally electrified. Amen. Amen. By the presence of Almighty God. Amen. Under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. They all got in one mind. Whose mind? Christ's mind. And one accord. Whose accord? His, his accord. His will. Amen. His life. And they begin to move in that channel and it begin to electrify every person that was in the building. Brother, you remember Brother Wang talking about how they're breaking into the science of God and they're, they're getting all these laser beams and they're finding, they get about 100 and, 190 or something. I was reading about it again today and they point it at a certain object and, it, and, it, and, it, and they get them all pointed in the same direction. They get them all pointed in the same place and all of a sudden something will begin to happen and they're actually finding that they're actually making the same power that is in our sun. 
The same power that is in the stars. Come on, somebody. When they get all these beams pointed in the same direction. That's why we have to come to the house of God and we have to lay aside our feelings, lay aside last week, lay aside tomorrow and get our lights, all of our lights, every one of us pointed in the same direction. And when we get it pointed, not on our brother, but upon our enemy, then that enemy will be defeated. When we get it all pointed upon that sickness, that sickness will have to go. When we get it pointed on that depression and we say, you devil of depression, you don't have a right to come in this building. Amen. But you're going to be exposed by the unction of the Holy Ghost and lights begin to shine upon it and that devil is exposed and run out of here. Hallelujah. Every office literally electrified to his presence. So it's not just a preacher being connected to the source. Come on now. It's every one of us. Come on. Every one of us connected to the same source of power. How do you get connected to the same source? By the birth of the Holy Ghost. Then it'll electrify your, it'll electrify your being. He said, I think that if you'll ever get into contact with God till it's not your voice anymore, it's not your thoughts anymore, but it's become God's thoughts and God's voice. Amen. Oh, I, I didn't read anywhere in there where he said preacher. I read where he said you. Till it isn't your voice anymore. It isn't your thoughts anymore. It's God's thoughts and God's voice. Amen. We are just a branch. He is the vine. And if his spirit that goes in us and energizes us as long as you can get yourself out of the way, he'll fill up every channel. Come on, somebody. If you'll get yourself out of the way, he'll fill up every channel. In other words, he wants to electrify every fiber of your life. He wants to take control of every part of your life and every place of your life and every part of contact. If you'll contact it to the source, he will take it over. He said, just like Jesus as a witness of who he was, of come from God, go back to God. He became so full of God to him and God was one. God dwelt in Christ, reconciled the world to himself, the very expression. St. John 15, he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. The vine does not bear forth fruit. The vine only energizes the branch. And the branch bears fruit. And the church is the branch connected to the vine to bear fruit. You get it? The branch cannot bear fruit until it's energized by the vine. Amen. It can look like an electric cord. All it wants to look like an electric cord. But it don't have no power in it unless it's connected to the source. It can look like a cord, it can have the wires, it can have the insulation, it can have the orange look, all of that, and have all the ends to it. It can do it, but if it is never connected to the source, it's just a dead wire. There's nothing to it. You can plug all you want to on the other end of it, you won't get no power out of it. 
Come on now. Amen. But if you'll take that and you'll plug it into the source, it'll electrify the current. And then you can take a vacuum cleaner. You can take whatever you want to and plug it on the other end and life will come out of that. Amen. You can look like a Christian. You can act like a Christian. You can have the paintings of a Christian. You can have the wires of a Christian. But if you have never been connected to the power, to the source, there's no life flowing out of your body. There's no fruit coming out of it. And Jesus said, by their, by their fruits you shall know them. Amen. And those that don't give fruit is going to be plucked up and burned. Amen. Amen. That's what he says. He said, it's from the life-given resources, getting life from. If it's a pumpkin, it's going to bear pumpkin. If it's a watermelon, it'll bear watermelon. If it's a grapevine, it'll have grapes. If the church is in Christ, then it'll bear a Christ-like spirit. Christ-like works, Christ-like faith. If it's properly connected, a good, healthy vine hanging down, not withered away, but a real good, healthy branch connected into the vine, it'll bring forth fruits of the Spirit. Amen. As Jesus said before he left the earth, these works that I do shall you do also. And he said, a little while and the world will see me no more. Now the world was there meant world order. He said, the world will see me no more, yet ye shall see me. Who? A believer will see me. The world is the unbeliever. But because I, I will be to you the believer. How long? To the end of the world. I, Christ in the church, energizing, bringing the same things he did when he was here on earth as he will do in all ages gone by. He is in the church tonight doing the same thing. So if the church, it can look like a church, it can be painted up like a church, it can have spires to look like a church, it can have walls, it can have instruments, it can have pews, but if that church is not, is not connected to the source, amen, there won't be no life coming out of it. There won't be deliverance coming out of it. There won't be healings coming out of it. There won't be salvation coming out of it. But if it is... It's going to produce the same works if it's the same life. So we have this unlimited power afforded to us. But we still have moments of weariness and tiredness. All right? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Paul spoke about becoming weary or exhausted. He, he said in Galatians 6 verse 9, he said, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. But so he's saying, listen, I know what it's like to become weary. Paul had met weary times in his life. There was many down through the Bible who had weary times. Listen, Elijah, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, amen, had a big showdown on Mount, Mount Carmel with Jezebel and the prophets, and God brought a big victory. But what happened next? You find him under a juniper tree. You find him there running and fearful and afraid. What happened? Brother Brandon said he became weary. He became tore down. This is what weary means. It means to be utterly spiritless, to be wearied out or exhausted. Amen. So listen, I understand we are the branches and we're connected to the source, but there's also something else that we deal with. 
It's this flesh and we get weary. We get depressed. We get down. We get defeated. We want to give up. We want to turn up. But if you'll just hold on, you'll reap in due season. If you, there is a time or there is a season in your life that you're going to be down, but there's also a season in your life you're going to be up. There's going to be a season in your life you're going to be sick, but there's going to be a season in your life you're going to be well. And if you'll just hold on, God will bring it to pass. Is so what he'd say again in Second Thessalonians, but ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. If you're doing what God's required, stay the course. If you're believing what God said, stay the course. Amen. Don't give up on a promise. Don't give up on what God has said because this word is powerful and it'll defeat every devil in hell. I don't care how much they try to block it and try to keep it from coming to pass. If that word's been spoken, you can line up every devil in hell. It'll not stop this word from coming to pass. Amen. If there's been a promise been afforded to you and given to you by the blood of Jesus Christ and the price has been paid, whether it be healing, salvation, deliverance, whatever you have need of, don't give Get weary in well-doing. But just hold on. Don't forget who you're you're connected to. Don't forget there's a life source that you're connected to and it's going to come down. It's going to break through every blockage in your channel and it's going to break through everything the devil has tried to destroy in your life and it's going to bring his word to pass. Do we have some believers in the house tonight? Amen. You can say, God, there's blockages in front of me. Don't forget who you're connected to. You can say there's sin in front of me. Don't forget who you're connected to. There's sickness in front of me. Don't forget who you're connected to. But in due season, in the time of God's fulfillment, it will come to pass. This is what he said. The vision may tarry. But don't you worry, it's going to be answered. It's going to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't care how many devils says it's impossible for a body to take a body change. I don't care how much the confusion and division and all things are around us. That matters not. What matters is we are connected to a source. There's a life-giving strength on the inside of the body of Christ. And it'll bring this body into subjection. Brother Brandon will say this in a couple of places. He said, I preach to more tired people than anybody in the world. People so tired and so mentally tired strained, going through so much in life, sicknesses, defeat after defeat, heartaches, struggles, once maybe held a position in the church, but today it seems like the season has been all broken brokenness and power has been stripped, things have been tore down. Family splintered and fell apart. It's like, I just want to give up. I just want to quit. I just want to just, want to just lay it all down. Don't be weary in well-doing. 
Because the season you're in is not determined by if he loves you or not, or if he chose you or not, or if he cares for you or not, or if he wants you or not, or if he desires you or not. That has nothing to do with the season that you're in. Because if he chose you, he chose you before the foundation of the world. So it doesn't matter what Satan has tried to block and try to bring a a blockage in there or some uh, herd or something in there to try to stop the flow of God's blessing. Amen. It it might stop it for a little while. But let me tell you something about the power that's behind this word. It's still pushing against that blockage. Amen. And what is happening? Word upon word, line upon line, precept upon precept is backing up and is pushing harder and harder and harder against that devil's blockage in your life. And he's trying to clamp down on your joy. And he's kind of trying to clamp down on your happiness. He's trying to clamp down on your peace. He's trying to clamp down on the goodness of God. But line upon line, precept upon precept, word upon word, power upon power. Spirit upon spirit is pushing and pushing and pushing, and you don't know. It might be just in the next step. There's the breakthrough, and it washes over you, and it's all gone. Hallelujah! Because there's nothing that'll stop the word of God. He'll just back another promise up and he'll put another promise on top of it. He'll put another one on it until it has to be fulfilled. Hallelujah. So don't be weary. Keep pressing the battle. Hold on. You will reap. Even like tabernacle, you will reap. The word has been sown. Prophecies has went forth. Prophecies of prodigals coming home. Prophecies of families being restored. Prophecies of healings taking place. Prophecies, and then what do he say? You have my word. Says you're awful nervous, aren't you, lady? That devil's making you that way. You think many things are wrong, but nervousness is the main thing that makes you feel like everything's wrong. (laughs) Like black bolts come from you like a cloud, something that waves like a breath moving. You ever seen seen air waves? You can catch them sometimes in the heat of the summer. You can see them. That's what he's talking about, but it's blackness. And it's like waves of breath moving. And you get scared. Many times in the evening time when the sun is sinking low. Where are we at, church? We're in the evening time. The sun is sinking low. You get real weary, don't you? Many times you think you're going to lose your mind. You're not. I don't know if I can hold myself together on this next two-word sentence. You'll last. I'm here to tell somebody, you're going to make it. Why do you say that? Because God's word said I would. I'm here to tell somebody, you're going to last that devil. 
Hallelujah. You're going to outlast that depression. You're going to outlast that fear. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, you will last. this moment for failure, but you have been brought here for victory. You have not been brought here for defeat, but you have been brought here to raise your hands in victory. You will last. Matter of fact, you're going to last so long, there's not going to be no more devil. You're going to outlast depression. You're going to outlast anxiety. You're going to outlast fear. You're going to outlast every devil in hell. You'll last. Fear not. You're going to be all right. That's right. You've often wanted and prayed for a place you could think of where you could set your foot to start from. Isn't that right? This is your footstep. That's a good stepping stone to step on and just get up on there real good. Look at that devil. I'm going to last. I'm going to last. This is your footstep. Now go and be healed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do, sister? It's just about 80% of this congregation got your trouble. Whoa. Here the devil done told her, you're the only one. The devil's like, please don't tell her that. I just told her just five minutes ago, she's the only one. You're not the only one. And you're never alone. God knows exactly your moments of situations of trouble. 80% of this congregation has got your trouble. You want me to show you? How many in this building suffers from nervous trouble or nervous condition? Raise up your hands. Everyone now can be healed. All right, almighty God, be merciful seeing this dreary, weary spirit hanging on this woman and know that would take her and put her in an insane institution and make her butt her head against the walls until she's dead if he could do it. But he can't. God, we come now believing and know he's got lots of support here tonight. And Father, we believe that you are all the support we need. And now in the name of Jesus Christ, did you catch that? This nervous demon came with a lot of support. But God, you're all the support we need. The devil wants to congeal and bring himself and bring his forces together. Bring them on. You can line every devil up, but it's still not enough against my God. You are all the support we need. And now in the name of Jesus Christ, this nervous demon leaves this woman and every person in here. Hallelujah. I'm here to speak about that dreary, weary spirit that wants to clamp down on you in the name of Jesus. That thing's defeated tonight. 
Hallelujah. It makes you where you don't want to raise your head up out of bed and face another day in the morning. Why don't you get up, jump out of bed, put both feet on the, on the ground and say, devil, I'm going to last. I'm still here. In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of these people. Said it's been, he said, look, he stops for her again. He said, it's been quite a while you've been going through that. Started in the menopause, but you're over it now. You're all right. Go on rejoicing, thanking God. You thought you had many things wrong, but that's the trouble. Yeah, that's the way the devil wants to do. Pile it on you. It looks impossible. God looks at him and says, just one devil. Believe now, don't doubt, just about 80% of this audience has got, this is another one, got your trouble. Let me, let me look at that, hang on. Yeah. One was in Kentucky, this was in Florida. 80% of this audience has got your same trouble. You're nervous and upset. That's causing you. That's causing yours in the time of life. It's the menopause. Isn't that right? You have a real weary feeling. Everything goes wrong. You think sometimes you lost your mind. That's the devil telling you that. It's a lie. <laughs> now let me tell you what God said. You are going to get well because your attitude towards God's gift. Hallelujah. How glorious God is. Don't you trust him? If you're weary and tossed about, he says, shame on you. Uh-oh, now we done took another. Shame on you Christians that call yourself Christians and go around so weary. Well, I don't know if I go to church. I don't know if I can. Oh, you poor excuse. Yes, here is a direct quote. Let me tell you, lift up your head. Straighten up your chest. Use your faith. Hallelujah. Faith is the boss. Faith has hairs on his chest. I mean, it's got big muscles. And when it speaks, all worries drop to one side or the other. Come on now. The devil said, now you can't make it. You're not going to make it. You can't do this. You're ashamed to testify. Faith will raise up and say, shut up. I got the floor. Amen. Let's let faith arise in this building tonight. Let's drop all them worries and all them weary spirits and start speaking the word of God and let faith rise up in our heart and look at that devil in the eye and say, shut up. I've got the floor. Faith takes the initiative. That's what we need today in every pilgrim in the land. Straighten up your head. Ooh, that's got a lot of meanings in that. Straighten up your head or straighten up the nonsense in your head. All the doubts and confusion has been rolling through there. They say, God, I can't do nothing about none of this. But what I can do is cast that down. And I can lift up the word of God. The word of God is my strength. It is my joy. It is my happiness. Straighten up your head. Because someday, listen to this, someday sitting yonder on the celestial hills of glory where the sun will never go down 
in that city where saints will be over there shouting, those old heroes of faith, looking back down at the places, the path that they took to glory. And he said, I want to sit with them and see that on that path, I put my head in the air. And walked on in the storms of life, giving praise to Almighty God. Oh my, hallelujah. What is it gonna be like you get over there and you meet Moses and you meet all these different ones and you start looking back at the paths? Are you gonna make a look back and when you went through a storm, did your head droop and did you fall over to your chin and all the way down to the floor? Somebody sent me a picture the other day. I said the biggest burdens that you'll ever carry is in your mind. And there's a picture of a, looked like a statue of some sort of a man with a wagon behind him and his whole head, bigger than his whole body and the ox cart and everything else, is laid on that cart. And that's what happens. We come into the house of God and our head's back there laid on the cart and it's so big from all the burdens that we've allowed and the cobwebs and the bird nests and the head. Can't you believe this? And can't you believe that? And all about this and all about that. We can't even lift up our heads. Songs can go forth and our heads hardly ever come up. Why? Dreariness, weary spirits suck the life out of the, out of the branch. But there's hope. So if you happen to have a head on a cart, I want you to just try to start emptying that thing out right quick. And let's put this scripture in there. Isaiah 40 and verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, I'm fainting, your God ain't. I'm weary, your God's not. I'm ready to give up, God's not. I'm ready to turn around, God's not. Come on, somebody. He's neither weary, neither faintest. There's no searching of his understanding. Oh, the next verse. And he giveth power. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. Hallelujah. He sees you down in Laodicea going through the devil's den and he sees you getting weary and he sees you, but he ain't. He's like, come on, son. Pick up your shoulders. Come on, pick up your head. Face your enemy. I called you for this. This is your moment to shine. I got a power that's gonna be released upon your situation. In due season, you're gonna reap. Don't be weary and well-doing. You just keep on pushing. Keep on fighting because it's almost over with. Even the youth shall faint. Ha, oh, you big, strong sap suckers. Always putting them pictures on, the, on Instagram of your muscles. Worked out in the gym today. Guess what? You're going to have the weariness and the fainting too. 
And the young men shall utterly fall. So it's not just on the old. No, but you young men need to keep your heads up. You young women need to keep your heads up. You might be all full of strength and vigor, naturally speaking, but what you need to worry about is be feeding the inner man and strengthen that man on the inside of you that when you go through something, you can come out of it stronger than ever. When you go through a trial, you can come on the other side still with the victory. But they that wait upon the Lord... They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Brother, Brother Philip sang this song, may get him to sing it again, give you pre-warnings. I'm fighting a battle. It's already won. Don't forget the battle's already won. Wait on the Lord. Let him come and give you that assurance, that power that you need. But you know, that's the way the devil would do. He's talking about Shamgar before this, but he said he lets you build up a little something and come and knock the props right out from under you. Why? The reason? You let him do it. That's all. He's just a bluff. He has no legal right. That's right. If you've got an experience with God and the resurrected Jesus Christ, he stripped Satan of every privilege he ever had. And he robbed him and he took it away from him. Yes, sir. He robbed him and stripped him and gave the power to the church. Now go do the same things that I did. That's right. He took the sword out of Satan's hand and he put it in your hand. Hallelujah. He took the ability to win out of Satan's hand and he put it in your hand. Peter and James and John received power. Jesus gave them power to heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. He said, I can show you what God gave the power to the church. And to you that don't believe in divine healings or miracles, you show me where he took it out. The power's there. He said, the church today isn't needing power, it's needing faith to operate the power it has. You got so much embalming fluid pushing you that days of miracles has passed. Some old cold morgue of icicles, spiritual icicles hanging down 90 below zero. And somebody there with some dead fluid to pump you to make sure you stay dead. It's become such a place that the spirit of God has been grieved. And any church that denies the supernatural, it'll die as sure as I'm standing in the pulpit. He that cometh of God must believe that he is and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is alive and he's the same today, yesterday and forever in every principle and power of living Christ. He'd say there in a deceived church by the world talking about Samson, preached in Jeffersonville, said, where is our power? Where is our glory? What is it? It's because we went after the wisdom of men instead of the power of God. 
our preachers and things are so stiff and starchy till they've organized us till we're so stiff and starchy till people you never hear a shout in the church anymore. You never, never hear anybody cry. This ain't denominational church. This is Branham Tabernacle. You never hear anyone cry. The mourner's bench is put in the basement. There's no more glory in the church. And all we do is sit back just as stiff as we can be. We're not free. We're bound. The devil with his modernistic demons has bound the church of the living God. There's no more power in the church. There's no more freedom in the church. The people are so starchy and stiff while God can come right in the midst and show that he's God and prove his signs of his resurrection. It don't even shake them. Glory. Why? It's a disgrace. I walk across the country and God's working and performing and people sit and say, well, I guess that's all right. I know it can be done and it don't move them more and more. They're bound with the lie of the world. They are in fetters. I don't want to be in this description. And if you are found in that description, the Philistines are upon you. They even got them into bound them into a confederation. The Philistines are upon them. What are you going to do? Oh, we got a great denomination. We got greater members. Where is the Holy Ghost? Where is the Spirit of God? That's what the devil has done. It's wooed the church, and it keeps wooing. Come to me. I'll give you a big tabernacle over here. If you just get rid of that fanatic preacher you got and get a man, we'll build a, ni- a divinity, Dr. Divinity with some sense, and we'll build a nice, big, classical church. We'll be like the rest, shame on you. Rather have a man that don't know split, uh, split coffee from beans. I finally figured out what that meant. Green coffee kind of looks like a bean. And if you ain't got a trained eye... You'll be roasting beans and not coffee beans. He said, I'd rather have somebody that don't even know that, but was filled with the Holy Ghost. Dunamis, the power of God, the very life of God. That was uncompromised by the power of God. But oh, so start you to some poor saint can break through in a meeting, speak in tongues, shout a bit, do something, the rest of them will look gander around. What was that? Well, wonder why. That must be a fanatic dropped in here somewhere. You know that's the truth. Some poor saint will step in, get happy enough to raise their hands, cry and praise the Lord. Somebody holler amen to the preaching of the gospel. The rest of them turn around and see what he said. That's Pentecostal. That's what's the matter. You pattern after the Methodist, after the Baptist. They pattern after a Catholic. Catholic pattern after hell. And all together, they're all after hell. If that offends you, that's the word of God. And he said, blessed is he that is not offended in me. But Delilah has wooed churches into being a finer church. All the time stripping the power out. The power to live right. The power to act right. The power to rise above. And of course, they got something else to offer. It looks finer, greater, better. You know what? You don't have to do all that snotting down at the altar no more. You don't have to die out like that. That's old. That's back then. No, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. A birth is a mess. I don't care where it takes place. Yeah. 
You know, if, if a man, you just say, well, I, I, I need so-and-so in my congregation. He's a millionaire. If he isn't born again, he don't de- deserve to be there. That's what the prophet said. I don't care if he's got a million dollars on 40 Cadillacs, whatever he's got. If he ain't got the new birth and be regenerated by the Holy Ghost and come out of there with a new birth snotting. Crying, screaming, carrying on like the rest of them did. And live a life afterwards to prove he's got it. That's what we need. Samson, the Philistines are upon thee. The world is upon thee. The communists are upon thee. The devil is upon thee. But they go back and they see the Spirit of God perform miracles and do things in his resurrection. You know, I think Brother Branham's got a lot of mental telepathy. You know, I think even like Tabernacle, all they're doing is trying to work people up. They're just trying to get people just to run the aisles and shout, no. That's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to get people saved and born again with the Holy Ghost. But once they realize that old man is dead, it ought to give them something to shout about. When they realize the power of sin no longer has power over them no more. Drugs don't have power over me. Drinking don't have power over me. Sin does not have power over me. It ought to be something that'll say, hey, I used to have to do that, but I don't have to do it no more. Why? There's a power that's been put on in the inside of me that's greater than what the world has to offer. Well, my pastor said it was of the devil. Well, believe what you want to believe. You poor, hypocritical, deluded infidel. All polished up, you wolf in sheep's clothes. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people in the message wouldn't want Brother Branham as their pastor, I promise you. Offended? If you have known me, you would have known my day. But you got a bunch of saws that try to make you like the rest of the world. We want a bunch of men of God who will not compromise on the word. But will preach the truth and stand on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what the world's done. It shaved the power right off. We were born under a Nazarite vow. But the world is shaving the power off the church. Well, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? He talks about revivals, Billy Graham revival, and Old Robert Screamer for revival, and all these. But we bound the Holy Spirit with our organizations and traditions, and we can't have a Holy Ghost revival. So I know that's scorching hot with the weather, but it's the truth. How can we have a Holy Ghost revival when you're so bound and starchy? Form of godliness, the Bible said they have. Form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. The power of what? The power of organization, the power of the world, the power of the church. No, the power of the Holy Ghost. What have we got today? People are denying the power of the Holy Ghost. They're saying you can have the Holy Ghost and still have things in your life. Sin, lust, adulteries, and still have the Holy Ghost. Smoking, drinking, still have the Holy Ghost. Nonsense. No, no. That's the secret of the church. What is the secret? The Holy Ghost. That's the secret of her power is the Holy Ghost. 
And the church want to adopt educated preachers, finery, instead of the old-fashioned Holy Ghost. They would be better in a mission again. True. How are you going to have a revival of the Holy Ghost and people quench it and bound it and afraid of it? That's where the trouble lies. The Philistines are upon you. But one blessed hope we have while Samson was in jail. What's the first thing they done when they caught him? They bound him. They took his power. They found his secret. And they have found the church's secret. The world has found your secret. You women will all bob your hair and go on like the world. You men act like the world, tell dirty jokes and do all those kind of things like the world. Sociable drinks to hold your job. I'd rather lay on my belly and eat soda crackers and drink branch water and stay clean and pure before God than to compromise for any kind of job. Stay true to God. Samson, the Philistines upon the Branham Tabernacle. Worldlyism is creeping among you. What about it? Have you exposed your secret? Have you exposed the secret that God gave you when you were wallowing in the sawdust a few years ago? Have you let it creep out by social form of worship? What's happened to you? God can come down and perform a miracle and go right through the audience and tell people the secrets of their hearts and everything and heal the sick and signs and wonders and preach his word as hard as they can by the Holy Ghost. And people say, well, I guess that's all right. I enjoy listening to it once in a while if I'm not too tired. That's Branham Tabernacle. The Philistines is on thee. Can we just say it like this? That's the message ranks. I know we, we will point out to the denominations, but listen, that spirit has come right into here. And it wants to bind up and rob the people of God's blessing. Take the power right out of the church and replace it with some creed or some dogma, some easy believism. Well, you believe the message, you're saved. no. You're just a good person going to hell. Come on now. We need more than good people. We need Holy Ghost filled people. Used to be when the preaching of the word and those saints with tears in their eyes would rise to their feet and walk sobbing, not saying a word, hardly just walking around two or three times, sit down, so full of the Holy Ghost, the word fed them. Man, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Of course, the Philistines now got the rest of you a long time ago when you organized yourself so tight. Nothing could come in unless you was a Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, something. You wouldn't have nothing to do with the rest of them. So revival in our day, how can we have it when the regular revival giver is bound by the world? God won't come in where the world is. You can depend on that. You associate with the world, then that's all of it. But when you let the world creep in, you go to acting like the world, then you're finished. But when you'll cut loose every fetter and come to God with your whole heart, God will take you back. 
He finishes with his God, send us another church. I just believe the end time, that right before the end time, that the power of the Holy Ghost will come into her and demonstrations of the Spirit. And Mark 16 will follow that church. Acts 2 4, Acts 2 38, all of them will be following right along with that church. Signs and wonders will be accomplished in that church. Great signs of his resurrection accompany them while they're in prison. Surely God's growing a great crop out somewhere for that last great kill who's gonna die there's a bunch of devils about to die come on now there's a bunch of sin devils that's about to die there's a bunch of sick devils that's about to die for that last great kill may it be you my Christian friend this evening may it be your strength has begun to grow I pray this message out into the land I trust that this message will help bring the vitamins into your system that will grow a spiritual power back into your life again Come on, what makes a powerful church a powerful people? Hallelujah. Individuals filled with the Holy Ghost. What makes a powerful youth group? Powerful young people. Filled with the Holy Ghost. A few more minutes. So I believe in an old-fashioned experience of shouting yes sir if the children can get the right kind of vitamins they'll always feel good you know you know what i mean you need some spiritual vitamins in the church today a word with power that's a spiritual vitamin that's what gives strength to overcome the enemy not a word or an intellectual understanding That gives no strength, that gives no power, that gives no abilities. But a word that has vitamins in it. He talks about a farmer had a nice barn, had it all fixed up, big acreage, but he just didn't do nothing with it. Didn't do nothing with anything, just let all the weeds grow up. Another farmer didn't have much of a barn, but he got out, he was industrious. He'd work because he wanted to feed his stock. He'd harvest some good clover and alfalfa and put it up in that old barn. Both farms was a little buck calf born in each year, born this year. And the little calf over in the other barn, he had been fed on weeds, but he had a nice, beautiful barn. On the other little calf, didn't have much of a barn, but he had some good vitamins. <laughs> Puts in mind of some of these little old churches, look at his great, big, tall, aspiring places, you know, with a thousand dollar pipe organs, thousands of men plus seats and everything. But is there anything to eat? Is there anything that will give strength? One of the the scriptures in the Old Testament talks about Israel being as a woman ready to give birth, but there was no strength to bring forth. Was it no power there? You know, this world is going through birth pains. We've had the first birth pain, the second, and we're just about to have the last birth pain. And the last birth pain brings forth the promised son. But you know, as a woman in travail, the closer she gets to delivery, the harder he gets. And the more weary she can become. 
and the more down. Of course, nowadays they got shots that can help them through that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about a natural birth. Come down to that last few moments, she can faint. And if she does, and that strength has left her body to give birth, that baby will be born dead or has a very high likely, likelihood of being born dead. This world is coming towards its last birth pain. Don't expect life to get easier. Don't expect the Satan to back up any. Don't expect that you're going to just, all of a sudden, it's just going to, no, that's going to happen when the body change takes place. But before then, it's going to be as in travail, hard, weariness. That's why we need to make sure, is there any food? Are there spiritual vitamins that we can take that'll help you get your spirit up? Maybe tonight you came in kind of down, but maybe through this word, it kind of pumped some vitamins into you. It's kind of lifted you back up again and pepped you up a little bit. He said, that's the preaching of the gospel. If it will, that won't pep the church up, there isn't nothing that will. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word. When I hear Jesus died for me, it pips me up. And I say, that settles it. Glory to God. I'm safe now because I'm his. He accepted me. He chose me. I'm his. I belong to him. And he will not forsake me. It peps you up to believe all things are possible in you. But there's a little calf, great big fine barn, beautiful racks and stalls. When he come out of that barn, he couldn't hardly walk. Good wind would blow him down. Staggering around out there after eating weeds all that winter. And he got out of the barn lot, you know, and the warm wind was blowing he was so poor, it was almost blowing him down. But on the other side of the field, <laughs> the farmer turned his little calf out. He was all fat and round. He was in good shape. And when he got out there, he started jumping up and down, prancing around, you know, having himself a good, big Pentecostal meeting, jumping around there like that. You know what the little calf did? The other one on the big barn looked over there in his weakness and peeked his little eye through the crack and said, such fanaticism, such fanaticism. Come on, you bunch of weak calves on online streaming. I know you've looked through those cracks and said, ah, ain't nothing but a bunch of fanaticism. And ain't got enough power to push Satan back one inch out of your life. I've dealt with people that can tell preachers where they're all wrong and tell them where they're all done this and done that. And, and you know what's on the inside of their life? Their, their life is full of a cage of ever unclean and hateful bird. They can tell everybody else how to live right, but they've never taken those vitamins for themselves. they never experienced it for themselves. Let me let you weak calves know what's been going on. There's been some good vitamins being passed around. 
There's been some promises that's been dealt out and some people that's been feeding on the word and feeding on the word and gaining strength in their bodies. And they say, hey, I don't have to be bound that way no more. I can be free. And who the son is set free is free indeed. So if I'm a free calf, I can celebrate like a free calf. Amen. Because God has come down on the inside. He said, no wonder he could have a good time. No wonder he could jump. He said, that's the way it is when a man's getting his spiritual vitamins the way he's supposed to. The house of God come in here and his soul is fed by the word of God and he knows where he's standing. All those superstitions fly away. The devil moves back. It scatters. And when you see Jesus Christ has died in my stead, he's took my place and divine love is coming to my heart. It makes me behave myself to the world misbehave myself to the world once in a while but I just feel good about it because I get stuffed up on vitamins those good oh vitamins of the word it has power on the inside that'll lift you up out of those shadows into the light of God's word let's eat on a few vitamins as we bring this to close 2nd Samuel 22 and 33 says God is my strength and power. And he maketh, 2 Samuel 22 and verse 33. (laughs) And he maketh my way perfect, 33. God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way easy. He maketh my way where there ain't no devil. There ain't no heartaches. There ain't no struggles. I never had to experience losing a loved one. Never had to go through this or that and the other. No, no, that's not what he said. He said, he makes my way perfect. In other words, the way that he has for you is perfect. It might not be the way you wanted. It not, may not have been the way you desired. And if you had a choice, no doubt you wouldn't have went that way. But God said, I am your strength and your power, and I'm going to make your way perfect. Ooh, I like that vitamin. Let's get another one. Psalm 66 and verse 3. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. Woo, hallelujah. He didn't say some of their enemies, maybe part of their enemies. Thy enemies, all of them are going to submit themselves to the power of the God that's working on the inside of us. Psalm 68, 35, O God, thou art terrible out of thy holy place. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. 4 and 47, verse 5, great is our Lord and of great power, and his understanding is infinite. Oh my, amen, God's powerful, God's powerful, God's powerful. Okay, Acts 1 and verse 7 says, he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. 
After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be a witness of me in both Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria under the uttermost part of the earth. It's not to know you to know why you're going through what you're going through, but you're going to have power to go through it. Acts 4 and 33, it says, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It was great power. It wasn't with just words of man's wisdom. It was with great power they gave witness. Amen. Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and mighty miracles among the people. 1 Corinthians 2, 1, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I'm determined to not know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Uh Uh-oh. I've been through these things with you, but my speech... And my preaching was not with enticing words of man, oh, it's going to be better one of these days. But it was a demonstration of the spirit and the power. That your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 1 Corinthians 4, 19, and I come to you shortly if the Lord will and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So if you say it's God's word and it don't have power, it's not God's word. God's word has power because it's the spirit that backs it up and the light that ignites it. Let's stand together. I'm going to end it with this scripture. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, (laughs) and of love, and of a sound mind. This is not a spirit of fear, spirit of weariness, spirit of trouble. No, it's a spirit of power. There's power in this light. Well, you say, well, I don't know. Well, get hooked up. He says, well, I don't know if there's any power in that electric socket over there. Well, you don't until you try it. Come on. Go get you a fork. No, don't. I better not say that. (laughs) Got a little kid. Get something. You know what I'm talking about. I'm saying, you know, see if there's some power in there. It will light your world. I know. I used to work on electricity. Job, you know, there's always things you put in your list. I'll never do this. Well, I said I'll never work with electricity. And I happened to get in some of the highest forms of electricity. When you could grab a hold of it with a rubber glove, insulated in an insulated bucket, and you could feel... Yeah, buddy. And you know, at any kind of weird move, you could lose your life. You could, you, could, you could lose it right there. It had something in it. I couldn't see it, but I could sure feel it. I could feel it moving. 
I could feel the vibrations of it. I could feel the power of it. I could see the effects of it as it was lighting up houses down through the valley or down across the hill. I could see it. He said, well, I don't know if there's no power in it. You know why you don't know if there's power in it? Because you ain't never tried it. Well, I don't know if there's any power in this religion. Well, try it. Grab a hold of it. It'll light your world. Warning, you're going to die. <laughs> you grab a hold of that Old and New Testament, that old man's going to die. There's going to be a current flow through you. It's going to blow out every blockage in your life and begin to move in power. And all of a sudden, you'll, lay, you'll have a hold of it. And all of a sudden, it won't be old Timothy no more, old this no more, old that no more. No, 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 no. It'll be a new man. He ain't going to talk the same. He ain't going to act the same. He's going to jitter a little bit. He's going to get a little happy. He's going to shout a little bit. He's going to dance a little bit. Listen, how many has ever grabbed a hold of electricity? Did it make you shout? Did it make you dance? Did it make you do a jig? Did it make you go, ah, woo? Oh, yeah. If it didn't, you never got a hold of it. Or is there something wrong on the inside? There's some people that can't feel it. They got nerve problems. They got something that's happened on the inside of them. And you can, they can touch it and they can touch it. And they don't know why. There's nothing on the inside to quicken. But if there's something on the inside and you ever grab a hold of it, it'll light your world. I say, God, light us up. Let the whole world see the power of God moving in even like tabernacle. The power of God moving in a powerful people. Hallelujah. With signs and wonders following them that believe. Enough power in the house of God that cancer will have to leave this place. Enough power in the house of God that somebody come up here with a drinking habit or smoking habit, they can go down one way and get up another way. Amen. I want a church that has enough power in it that sin ain't comfortable, sickness ain't comfortable, the devil ain't comfortable, depression's got to move back, anxiety's got to move back. Amen. Under the power of the word of God. I would say, God, light my world. Light my body to the moving of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Sing something with the mic. God bless you tonight.
Yeah.